Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another exciting episode of Talk Appella. I am one half of that dynamic duo, Brian Alexander. So are we going to keep saying dynamic duo when the new Batman movie actually comes out? And since Robin may or may not be in it, I feel like that's going to reframe how we should intro each episode. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a fan of the classic, so I feel like it you is, always it is have classic. to go with it. It is classic. You know? Although I am worried, I'm like, we might change it up depending on how well the movie does and how well it ends up being. So <laughs> For a movie that's coming out like two years from now, like, mm, I don't know, let's, let's see hey, how we this we gotta goes. start planning now for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> John, how are you doing today? Well, you know, Game of Thrones season eight won best drama at the Emmys, so not great. But uh, besides that, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no, not I'm doing me. fine. Just surviving the school year as a middle school choir teacher and nice. looking forward to all the cool new Star Wars toys that are coming out next week to get ready for the movie and the show. So that's oh, that's man. really what's on my mind. What about you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing I'm doing well myself. You know, work's been crazy, been hectic, but that's the life of an adult. So, you know, you can't complain too much. So did you like I'm that? Good. I gave actually for listeners, I gave Brian a lesson on marketing before before <laughs> the episode started. It was pretty inspiring, wasn't it, Brian? I think so. You know, I'm always up for learning, and so uh, you had some very interesting knowledge to bring my way for sure. The head of Acaville, there's a printer in the middle of the room, and he's like, do you want it? And I was like, yes. And that was it. And I was like, Brian, you should learn on marketing and business <laughs> and stuff from how I handle this and, and he was blown away he was actually taking notes which I thought was a bit excessive but you know it's fine no no man it's it's life lessons so those <laughs> you can never have too many for sure come on <laughs> Brian but, what are we uh, talking about today yeah. what are we doing so today we have a, another wonderful guest joining us today all the way from Canada we have none other than Philip Torrenueva he is a, a member of Weeby Acapella up at York University so Philip welcome to the show thank you for having me I'm glad to be here international episode we're abroad i don't know should we what if okay we always have an image on our website of like the episode something relevant to the episode like the group's logo or something like that what if for this instead of like a picture of weeby or anything like that we just put the canadian flag that's it i knew you were going there i knew you were going there i think it'd be really funny i think it'd be great maple syrup Ooh, maple syrup might even be better really good i like maple syrup I have a student in one of my classes who is obsessed with Canada. He's never been there. But he's like, I just, I just want to go to Canada and I want to have like a Canadian geese as a pet. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand Ooh. you, kid. But that's okay. That's Wait, all right. We have no, like literally. Geese yeah. are dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, we the literally geese, have geese scare Canadian me. bacon, maple syrup, so many other things. And he I really wants don't to like Canadian bacon. I'm not gonna lie. It just feels oh, like okay. I, I nope, nope. That's a wrap on the show. Then I, I, I can't even. Is who doesn't like bacon? I don't know. Between bacon and Canadian know. bacon? I think like it's yeah. a little bit the texture's different for sure. Oh, it's everything. It's huge. It, Canadian bacon tastes more oh, like man. ham to me than actual bacon. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't like ham, but I love bacon. I don't know. I'm, I've never been prejudiced against bacon, so all bacon is. Okay, yeah. I'm deleting all, all of bacon. our questions that we've written out here. We're going to get into the difference between bacon and <laughs> Canadian bacon. We're going to like okay. go, like, I'm, I'm using a wireless okay, mic go. right now because he's an idiot and broke my plug in for my mixer. So I'm using a different setup. And I feel like Billy Eichner and like Billy on the street, and I just want to go up to people and be like, <laughs> what do you think is the difference between bacon and Canadian? 
and just like hold it up and get in their face and go around doing that. But alas, this is not Billy on the street. This is Takapella. That would make for a wonderful segment though one day. So I think <laughs> like we're we'll have going to keep up that and yelling mind. at people. What do you yeah. think? I have to do auditions during my class tomorrow for the advanced group we're starting. And I'm the, like, all right, what do I have to do? So I'm just going to turn on the Pentatonics Netflix special and just like, <laughs> all right, here you go, children. Learn. Nice. I- I like it. That that's the way to end a Friday for sure. So, <laughs> all right, let's let's regroup, let's refocus here. So now that we've dived a little bit into Canadian culture, let's learn a little bit more about the culture there, but from a different standpoint, the acapella yeah. scene. So, Philip, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your acapella experience. Tell us how you got involved with it and what you're currently doing. I've been a part of Weeby Acapella for seven years now, and I got involved in my first year of undergrad. So we're housed in York University, which is like around the Toronto area. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know much about acapella coming into it. All I did was like, I watched the show, The Sing-Off, which is like standard, we've all seen it. Right. We're about it, pentatonics, all of that. And this group, Weeby, they performed at like our parent orientation. So when I saw that, my mom was like, oh, you need to audition, do this, da, da, da. it'll be so good. <laughs> and I auditioned, I got in and since then it's like transformed my life i'm all about acapella now and coming into it so yeah i've been a part of it for seven years i've been a member i started out they accepted me as a bass where like that was a struggle in itself because <laughs> i'm not a bass but i was like okay was, cool let's let's i didn't want to make any judgments ahead of time but i'm just like uh yeah. If you're a bass, you're, you can flip your voice pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can fake it. I can definitely fake it. And it'll get hella breathy, but we'll get down there. <laughs> so I started out as a bass, moved up to tenor eventually. And then in my second year, the two musical directors graduated. So they sent me in as a music director in training and trained me for that year. And then since then, I've been music director and president and arranger for the group. And it's been cool. I did not expect myself to like get into it this much and I did not know what I was getting into through my first year but yeah it's totally been life-changing the scene the acapella scene in Canada is pretty I don't I don't want to say like dead but it's like not <laughs> as bumping as America yeah, as is you know yeah yeah definitely not as active so yeah It's been a lot of just like following like Sing It On and all of that and trying to exemplify that over the years. So like we were, I was hooked onto like the Nor'easters train and all of that that was happening in Collegiate Acapella. And we tried to create our own group sound based off of that and using that as a reference point. And I think that was pretty cool. It was transforming for us as a group because it used to be more as, the group started off as a jazz group which was Mm. very Mm -hmm. interesting. And when I came into it, they were no longer a jazz group. This has been Canada's longest running group. So they've been around for like 33 years, 1988. I don't know if I counted that correctly. We had our 30th anniversary years back. And yeah, from jazz, they slashed that and became Weeby Acapella, which was strictly like eclectic acapella from like pop, R&B, funk, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. And Philip, just to uh, confirm for our listeners, you are from the United States and you go to school oh. in Canada. Or are you from Canada? Nope, I, You're from Canada. Yeah, yeah, straight okay. from Canada. Thank mm-hmm. you. So I'm curious. So I actually like that more because we so often, whenever we do like international episodes or we're talking about, we're seeing everything, Brian and I, through an American acapella lens. So I'm really curious, you know, you already touched on like, yeah, the, you know, Canada's acapella scene is dead. I'm curious in the times you've been in the States and just your consuming American acapella culture, 
What's been your read on it from the Canadian perspective? I think that's something that would be really interesting for us to know, like knowing how do we come across mm-hmm. to you know our neighbors to the north. From my personal perspective, I see you guys as like a huge community. Like there's acapella everywhere, regardless of like, you've got middle school groups, high school groups, tons of collegiate groups. Like in your colleges and universities, you've got like maybe five acapella groups on campus or something like that, give or take. The big ones, yeah, it can be, yeah, yeah, a lot do. Yeah, which is fantastic. And I adore that. Whereas here, especially from York, we've only got one acapella group on this campus currently. And other campuses like UFT, they've got three-ish, there's a couple in like the Ryerson area, Waterloo, and it's all like spread out mm-hmm. and dispersed. So the community is not as, it is not as, what would you say, bumping or, or whatever. It's yeah, not, definitely. there's not, not like, <laughs> yeah, you know, thriving kind of. Yeah, it's not thriving. And yeah. Brian and I talk about often how like there are so many opportunities for us kind of in return for acapella whether it's you know we've had people on who aren't actually in a group but they have their own like virtual group for people like that we've had we've kind of mm. seen all the different manifestations of acapella and that's you know because we're really privileged to have such a ginormous scene here in america so i'm curious what have you tried to take back into canada having seen what we do in the united states and seeing how everything works here like, what's kind of your goal and hopes for the canadian an acapella scene so years back well actually not too far far away three years ago my biggest goal in terms of our group was getting us onto the icca platform so mm-hmm. i don't think Weeby specifically has competed in many years so that was a goal of mine and my execs as well getting to compete was really cool because it was something that was fresh to us, something that we've never really experienced in Canada. And creating choreo mixed with your charts and arrangements and blending all of that together was really cool. Also, like a personal goal of mine, aside from collegiate acapella, is to get high school groups and middle school groups active. Or like Mm, even, mm -hmm. yeah, some sort of pipeline for sure, just in terms of it's not seen at all in Canadian high school curricular or like extracurricular at all. We have choirs or jazz choirs, but I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there has been a competing like ICHSA Canadian group or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of one in that area at least for sure. So many Canadian puns that are just left out. Like there's so (laughs) many, so many ways you could spin that. I know, there's a lot of missed opportunities. So (laughs) many missed opportunities. What's interesting to me is because I, I know you brought up that Weeby is um, just kind of recently celebrated its 30th anniversary. I remember I discovered Weeby years ago because of one of the earlier Bocas uh, back when they were Weeby jazzing. And it's yeah. it's amazing to me and kind of surprising and shocking at the same time that a university group has been active for 30 years and another group or another student of some sort hasn't come along and tried to start up another endeavor mm-hmm. because that's kind of what you see a lot, um, at least from a, mm-hmm. a U.S. perspective. You know, you hear about so many students like my group got started because I was turned away from the the group I was auditioning for and I ended up finding other yeah. people who were turned yeah. away. And I'm just curious if, if that says anything about the level and the standards that kind of Weeby has created mm-hmm. in a sense that you guys are so mm-hmm. prolific on at York University. No and, one wants to compete. Uh, and, yeah, ex- <laughs> well, yeah, not to not to put like kind of kind of put it so bluntly, but yeah, at the same time, maybe you guys are just kind of deterring competition in a sense. And I don't I don't know if those thoughts have ever kind of come across your mind, or have you ever heard of other members who didn't get into the group and if they had any kind of acapella endeavors or aspirations? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do remember my second or third 
year as president of the group, we had a crazy turnout for auditions and we weren't accepting that many. So there was a huge friend group that auditioned mm. and they wanted, they, they all expected, they all had their hopes. They were like posting online and they're like, I can't wait to like be a part of Weeby, da 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 And oh. I was following this online and it kind of like broke my heart to like, I don't think you're all gonna get in. Unfortunately, like there just isn't enough space. Mm -hmm. That was like a whole personal, like touchy area for a while where we did accept one of the friends in that group and then it just like it got messy i don't want to get into it but uh <laughs> we've all been there tried. before <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i'm literally I'm dealing with that tomorrow at my school <laughs> <laughs> good luck yeah with that that same group tried to like they wanted to establish a new acapella group yeah. on campus and I was for that. Like, I'm like, go for it, do it, da 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 And that was exciting, but I don't think, I don't know, I don't think it just, like, flourished enough or, like, that they got together and worked it out. I do remember in the back of my mind and, like, with speaking with other execs as well, we had talks of doing, like, Weeby and then, like, Weeby Big Group and, like, mm. having everyone that auditioned to, like, come through and, like, just experience acapella and, like, mm. learn more about it and, like, create that type of stuff. But we're students. We don't have all the time in the world. That's so, a like, big undertaking. But that is something that, yeah. like, more, yeah. I know, professional on choral ensembles will do. They'll have, like, their main roster, right. then they'll have a larger roster, people who will swing in, swing out, switch switch on and off with others. But, I, mm. I mean, that's just an interesting idea that you're kind of almost, like, encouraged to come up with based on the fact that you, you know, you're a long-standing group and nothing, as Brian already said, you know, nothing else has popped up. And that's just kind of an interesting, like, sociological like yeah. mm -hmm. kind of thing i know the closest thing i experienced was i when i went to grad school at colorado state they had three soprano alto tenor bass groups like three mixed groups no tenor wow. bass or soprano alto groups and i always just was like huh that's strange that no one's like well what if we did this it's always kind of interesting when there's clearly new ground to break that either mm -hmm. isn't or people just kind of like, oh, okay, there's already an SATB group. Well, we'll cater to this potential audience by, you know, doing something more yeah. unique that still has an audience to draw upon. I mean, that's just kind of fascinating. I think more speaks to the one, obviously, the skill of your group, but also the kind of just different acapella scene that Canada has. Because, you know, maybe maybe in Canada and, you know, I don't know this, maybe it's like, oh, yeah, schools with more than one group that's you know that's just not a thing it's almost like the you know back to the future like no one has two tvs in one house like as <laughs> like as weird as it sounds like i'm wondering if it's just kind of like a paradigm thing that's just how it is and there doesn't seem to be you know there's no real reason that anyone sees a reason to change that yeah and that also made me yeah. think um when you're you're talking about the paradigm and the culture there and the maybe even the mindset a little bit mm -hmm. is americans you know we're so competitive yeah. you know we are super competitive it always has to be i'm the i'm the best at this and in a way it's really infused itself into the acapella scene that's why we have yeah. you know the ICCAs and we have you know the, yeah, yeah. the soul jams and those events and I'm just like I'm also wondering now that I'm hearing John think does that say more about people and the personalities in mm. Canada as well that hey like what's the core of the culture yeah exactly so what I'm, I'm curious mm. Philip is, is that something that you've ever kind of been aware of at all or ever crossed your mind before I don't know I never thought of it that way because I feel like we are we're also competitive in the sense that like yeah we're we're, like we're about it we want to compete and all of that but it's just like it's not something that is as available to us 
And I don't know why mm-hmm. that is, where, yeah, we just don't have that established here in Canada. The like, infrastructure have... isn't quite there for you to pursue yeah. some of those avenues as voraciously as America, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what are the, because I know that, and you've mentioned that there are obviously other groups, maybe not at York, but there are other groups in Canada, and I've seen them have success. You know, what are the relationships like between groups at different schools? Do you all ever get in touch with each other? Do you have a relationship with groups from other schools? What's that like? Yeah, Weavey personally, we have a huge relationship with UFT, University of Toronto's group, TBA, and mm-hmm. Ryerson, Rynamics. We're all really close. A lot of us did compete at the ICC's CCAs as well, but we all supported each other and we had that whole like Canadian camaraderie and we're just like, yeah. go Canada, like whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's cool that I think because of we are, but it is central, it's just in Toronto and it's not even... Mm beyond Ontario, which I haven't actually done the research, but that does feel really small to have it just based in Toronto or Waterloo. You've got some groups in there as well. But the Toronto region specifically, we are all pretty connected. We're all close to each other. We all support each other. We send each other DMs and likes whenever they have like post their new noobs and all of that. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's cool. It's a nice little community, but I think it's just about five of us. (laughs) So it's it sounds like that there's obviously interest and there's a, a developing culture there is just i guess it's almost like someone is kind of waiting for it to happen almost i think and, so or it's just and, taking and, its you know it's just taking its time maybe it's kind of like 10 years yeah. in the future maybe canadian acapella will be where you know american acapella is right now or not yeah. i think mm-hmm. i'd be super curious to look at like kind of almost do like a compare and contrast between like moments in U.S. acapella history and Canadian acapella history, like does Canada have their version of Deke Sharon? In a sense, like mm. how mm. do United States laws or whatever um, encourage or dissuade setting up large nonprofits or whatnot to yeah. facilitate these yeah. things? You know, I, I don't know the details by, at all, but I'm just wondering, looking at what the, in a weird sense, like which ground is more fertile to things beyond our control? Because it's clear that I right. think the passion is always there, but Philip, something Brian and I talk about a lot is how Brian got into acapella was just he went on YouTube and like he just like discovered like the longest time and then they put a beatbox over it and just like having that opportunity <laughs> to awesome. just binge acapella on YouTube forever and obviously mm-hmm. YouTube's everywhere and you can do that but then he was able to pers- I'm just telling Brian's life story for whatever reason <laughs> no, you're but telling then, it very well go ahead <laughs> but then he was able to like take that hype and that energy and that excitement and then pursue it pretty relentlessly whereas maybe there's been a version of Brian you know someone just like Brian in Canada who's also gone down that YouTube rabbit hole and maybe like oh you know there's not really any groups here and you know CASA doesn't have a lot of resources and you know that I can reach out to here I'm not saying that's what happened but I'm wondering those are the questions that I think yeah those are the questions and I think the answers are going to be somewhere like something like that the logistics the things that are beyond our control that are just native to like the Canadian environment versus the United States environment for growing the acapella scene absolutely And I'm hopeful for that. I'm really hopeful that like there is that spark that does happen in the Canadian scene where something does start up. And I know there have been talks between like TVA Ryerson and York here where we wanted to do like a GTA region type of like... Mm -hmm concert or like how you guys have best of the northern region concerts and all of yeah, that community like building of that set stuff up here. that makes a lot yeah, of sense so. and and that's where it all mm-hmm. starts at because I, I think back to as, as john so eloquently just told everyone my whole story part of it when i started co-founded a group in texas there were very little acapella groups in texas i'm like the texas acapella scene now which is still kind of it pales in comparison to like the west or the east coast it was much smaller i think that there was all of maybe two other groups at 
at the time when our group got off the ground Mm -hmm. and your story almost is very the way you're describing the Canadian scene is very reminiscent and nostalgic of kind of what our group went through back in what was it 2008 at the time when we were first getting started and I think John you bring up a good point it's just maybe you know things happen in succession they happen at a certain time Mm -hmm. and you know it also depends on a lot of other external factors as well that sometimes go outside of music we don't realize how much everything affects one another yeah you need to do like a pretty like deep study I think to like find out exactly like oh well it's this and this and because Canada passed this act and well you know I don't know any of that stuff but those kind of inquiries and all of this reminds me of the line from How I Met Your Mother where they find out that Robin used to be a pop star and they're like why are you dressing in like (laughs) jean shorts and all denim they're like you know the 80s didn't hit Canada till 10 years later and I just it's just like that I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening here like 10 years from now Canada will have all these groups competing at the ICCAs and you'll have your own pentatonics but I just think you know there is almost a sense of almost generational or just how things develop in certain countries that can take longer certain trends don't catch on till much later and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing I mean I think the I think it's just where the culture is and I think people like you Philip who have this intense passion for it and are actively working to spread it and create infrastructure whether it's uh, let's do something with another group and let's just see what we can do with this art form to get more people into it and just have fun doing it I think those are the kind of people that are going to shape the Canadian acapella scene and I'm I'm excited you know 10 years from now to see oh what's it like and all the great Canadian group puns that come from it there's got to be something with like (laughs) syrup right the the syrup oh uh, it's got to happen the syrup songsters or something Ooh, right there you know what I haven't come up with the name for my advanced group for my middle school we're the Bobcats but the syrup songsters copyrighted there it is taken or the syrupranos (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh! I think uh, I think that's a sign that we need to take a quick break. <laughs> it's, it's... That, that might be when we start throwing out these kind of ponds. I, th- I think that's a cue for sure. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break guys and they're going to be right back here talking with Philip Tornueva and obviously me and Brian and we're going to be right back. Have you heard Vocal Perspective yet? That's our weekly show that focuses on some of the most amazing women in the acapella world. It's hosted by Rachel and Amanda and it airs every Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. East, 6.30 West and then again on rebroadcast Sundays at 1.30 p.m. East, 11.30 a.m. West and again 12 hours later. It's vocal perspective because every X chromosome deserves to be heard, recognized, and valued. And welcome back to Tacapella! Oh, wow! Ooh, that was wow. one of the most energetic openings that, we had. It's not one of the most. That was the most energetic. Okay. As This is, what, 93 now? So I was about to say, I've only been here for a certain segment, so I don't know how You've been here compare, since, like, 50-something, so I think, nice. yeah... I mean, I never kind of encouraged anyone to do anything weird or like or like different with it before, but like <laughs> everyone's always just like, you know, super cool. And I know they got to be like calm and collected. I, and Philip was just like, no, nah, I'm going for it. No, no, I no, no, really no. liked Katie's last week where where she just like what said and walked back to talk about it and then just started talking and i was just like oh that that one felt fresh that was a direct so we got we have out. a bunch of nice. <laughs> a bunch of different takes on that i know I, I love it i love it it gives our, our show so much character and personality so, so and for you. episode 100 what Woo! i've always said it's happening is <laughs> philip I, I mean you haven't heard this but <laughs> my plan is to go back through every single episode of Tacapella and cut out the audio 
of someone singing Welcome Back to Tacapella and layer it no. all 100 will actually be 99 because I accident I lost episode five. Fun fact. Oh, episode episode five, five does not exist because I lost it. <laughs> lost to the archive um, forever. Um, but, and just <laughs> layering it and it's going to sound horrid, but it's going to be <laughs> worth it. And I, I think wait. yours yours we'll hear yours over the top just like, yeah. Yeah. like we know who that one was for sure like oh hey there's philip <laughs> that's awesome and, and on that note we're going to jump back into the show so we've been speaking with philip tornueva um based out of canada he's a, a member of Weeby and goes to school at york university and man it's been so exciting and fun just learning about the kind of differences and the few similarities, but just how mm-hmm. the Canadian acapella scene has just kind of been shaped and, you know, what its current climate is like. And, and so Philip has really been giving us an in-depth look at that. And that, I thought it was exciting. really interesting how every group in Canada without fail does shots of maple syrup before they perform. <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, I don't think I could commit to something like that, but you know, if everyone does it, oh, yeah. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty impressive. It's standard. <laughs> you just, I'm like, sorry guys, this is what we do. Yeah, I'm like, we can we can never have anything like that. But I'm glad Canada has it. Nice. So, what would Texas? What would all the Texas groups do? I I don't even know. I'm like, what we have? What cowboys and you? You know, you do have those. You always have cowboys. Yeehaw! I don't I don't even know what to say (laughs) before. I'm trying to think of all the stereotypes of Texas and none are like jumping out at me right now. So I don't know. I'll just think. <laughs> no that. worries. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, as I mentioned, we've been talking about the culture of uh, Canadian acapella. And now I kind of want to learn a little bit more about Weeby, which is a really big, prominent group out of Canada. And I kind of want to see how Weeby fits and discuss mm-hmm. how they fit into this culture and this climate that we've been discussing. So, Phil, tell us a little bit about Weeby. What's what's the group like? What's its personality? And what? What is it that makes you all unique, even from a Canadian standpoint, a Canadian acapella standpoint? The greatest thing about Weeby that I always gravitated towards was just the community and like family aspect. As soon as you're like a part of the group, it's so welcoming, it's so inviting, and it's a great time. It's hilarious, regardless of like if you're on your part or if you're learning things or just like hanging out and doing whatever. We all love each other and we form that bond and we become that family. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. It's become like a second home for me and like many others of Weeby, which is Fantastic. I'm sure it's the same for a lot of other groups as well. Yeah, so that's like, that's been one of like the standard things. We're just a silly group too. We love to have fun. We love to just like not take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious with that because you you all said, uh, or you, you just said that you don't take yourselves too seriously, but the level of music that you all produce is pretty, pretty intense at mm. times from what I've, I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious, you know, how do you keep all that personality and still produce the kind of music that you all do? Are you are you all focused all? I know we've talked about competition. Is that ever right. is that kind of what you go into the year with focusing on or is it just kind of a result of the things that you guys are naturally doing or, you know, how does all this work out structurally? That's actually really interesting because it's a blend. We actually were never focused on going in to compete years back when I started and when I joined the group there was no talk of competition it was strictly just learning rep performing and like being a student club and that type of atmosphere but after I became an exec and I fell in love with Sing It On and ICCAs and all of that we started like talking it over with the group and it was something that we wanted to challenge ourselves towards and take that step and Mm -hmm. try it out and it's been like a really cool experience and just it was a challenge to balance the two because we always had the conflict between musicianship, musicality, and 
enjoyment in family. So it was always mm-hmm. just finding that fine line between not being too hard on ourselves and each other, still enjoying the process, and also just making sure that we deliver the top quality and top musicianship and musicality that we can offer. And there have been times, there, we've had a lot of breakdowns, we've had tantrums, upset moments of like, you're flat, no I'm not flat, the whole rest of the group is flat, I'm perfect, and all of this, <laughs> and like, it happens, but it's just, it's really silly, and like, we forgive ourselves, we move on, and we just, the goal is just to uphold the legacy that Weeby is, do our best, at all times and still enjoy the moment while making great music. The great thing about my exec team that actually, what's interesting, sorry, if I pull it back, was when I joined, it was two musical directors. And then going into that, the directors appointed myself and another musical director as the new leaders of the group. But I found that I wasn't ready for all of that responsibility and just tasks that it took on. So what I wanted to do, I did a lot of research on like CASA and American groups and all of that. And I created an exec team, which I found transformed our group as a whole because it helped us just spread the workload evenly across a bunch of other people. Provided infrastructure. Exactly, yeah. So it's super helpful, just as we are students, we still have a lot that we have to do on our plate. And going into that on my exec team, a lot of us, we would butt heads with that same conflict in terms of musicianship, musicality, and having fun and enjoyment. I found that myself Mm -hmm. personally, I'm usually like super positive. I'm a happy going person, easy going. The group was always like happy to do whatever. And I was very blessed and like fortunate to have such an open group that was responsive and like appreciative and respectful to the exec teams and myself included. So that allowed us to mold the group and allow us to, to take risks and try things out without feeling insecure about like, oh, is everyone going to be okay with this? And it was just the whole idea of democracy versus dictatorship, making sure that the whole group was on the same page, Mm -hmm. going through that. And yeah, it all worked out. It's still working out. So with that, man, there's there's a lot to unpackage there Mm -hmm. um, from being kind of thrown into a position or kind of almost being coached into uh, jumping into a position. I don't know if we if I've seen that a lot with groups that I've had experience with is just almost like, all right, who's up next based on how that person has been showing activeness or activity in the group, things like that. And then also you mentioned a lot with trying to find this balance of personalities and uh, musicianship and things like that. And I'm really curious, you know, how do you all personally as a group balance the two, you know, because I I know that Mm -hmm. for us, something that it took a long time, and I'm curious on how you all approach it, is just kind of including this social aspect to the group, because we started to realize that the music can suffer at times just because if the bond is not there and you don't feel as connected with the people, Mm -hmm. um, it really... it can harm the music at times and we felt like once we were all getting on the same page once we were becoming friends outside the group once we were producing purposeful music that we really started to feel a change in the group and i'm curious how do you all balance the two you know do you do certain activities together you friends outside of the group what's it all like for you i guess i feel like we're really fortunate in the fact that we all do get along with each other so well and i don't know what exactly the reason is for that but i think it's just like starting off on the right foot so with our group as soon as we're accepted into the group we give new members three or four so weeks 
And then we have a weekend retreat. So that retreat entails like going out and like getting together, learning our rep and just really establishing that safe space, that bond, that respect for each other. It's also like a silly time. We play a ton of activities, a ton of like team building games and it opens us up to each other. I remember yeah. my first year, I didn't expect, I didn't know what I was getting into when we went on retreat. It seemed like this whole like, I don't know, scary endeavor. Like, I don't know where we're we going or like what's going to happen at this cottage or whatever. But it was cool. We learned our rep. We did a bunch of crazy activities bonded with each other we do something it's tradition where we do like duets with each randomly assorted partners we pull out names from each other's hats and then like we're just assigned to a partner for that entire retreat and you bond oh, wow. with one specific person for that entire weekend you get to know each other you do activities together and then you perform like a little duet with that member so you have mm -hmm. this little thing where you have that close bond relationship already formed with at least one person in the group and through those duets which can be like really silly if drinking or like whatever the duets are like they're silly <laughs> it's just for a good time and then everyone remembers those duets like i remember i wrapped with our beatboxer it was like temperature by sean paul and it was just crazy because he was like oh my god gosh that was on my ipod <laughs> shuffle back in yeah, junior high right so <laughs> <laughs> it's they're all like memories and that really starts to group up mm -hmm. on like a great foundation of like who we are what we want to be what that family community is and then from there we have like our own little like facebook groups our snapchat groups and like we just send each other little silly memes, all of that good stuff. And then another tradition that sort of formed, I don't know, like five years ago is like after each rehearsal, most of us drive out to like this bubble tea place close by campus and just like stay there till midnight or one and just like have a good time, have some good food, good bubble tea. And yeah, that, that relationship is really important. <laughs> it's crucial. Cause like if we don't like each other and respect each other, we're not gonna sound good. I like how you're talking about the retreat and just uh, this is something Brian and I have touched on in previous episodes, consciously fostering like a healthy social environment. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we just don't get along or we, you know, or mm. it just didn't work out. But it's, you know, you can take charge of that. You yeah. can shape how you want your group to get along and how much you can. You can't necessarily make two people who really dislike each other like each other, but you can increase the chances that everyone will have a positive interaction with someone else and mm -hmm. eliminate potential future road bumps Mm -hmm, down sure. the road and I, I think that's really smart you're like you know we do this and we do this and we go to this place and being kind of methodical about how you're encouraging healthy socialization among your group because like you said mm -hmm. if you're feeling uncomfortable with someone then the group suffers yeah if you are not comfortable singing and being vulnerable with somebody else you're not going to do as well and it's hard to put your finger on it in rehearsal but that can you know that can be easily be a cause so i think that's smart that you guys consciously say okay how do we get along and how do we encourage activities how do we facilitate activities that encourage that kind of building a healthy social fabric. Yeah, and the last thing I think you want, you don't want tension when it comes to music because yeah. then it just kind of makes things feel super stressed. You can begin to hear it in the singers and things, and it sounds like you all are doing, at a very singular level, you're, you're doing a lot of things that are helping to relieve any possible tension. Yeah within a group as John is talking about you're creating those opportunities to really foster you know that camaraderie and the personal interaction with one another so that's really cool and and that's something I know we started out talking about the show the big picture ideas that kind of separates you know Canada from the U.S. acapella scene but now that I'm listening to you when you bring it down to a singular level you guys are doing some very similar things that mm -hmm. I, I yeah. definitely feel other groups are doing. 
So, Philip, you said you've been in the group for seven years, seven years now, right? Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what has that been like kind of being almost, I mean, obviously you're involved, but almost like a fly on the wall in seeing the whole group kind of change around you in a sense and seeing that evolution? Because that's totally the opposite of my experiences. I always start groups and then I graduate and then that's, Uh and then I, you know, say, hey, good luck, call me if you need an arrangement, but that's kind of it. <laughs> so I'm curious in your unique space and, and Brian and I kind of, we talked about this with, I think it was Chris Rischel who, you know, was in a group for a very yeah. extended period of time because he was both in it as a master's student and also getting his PhD or something or maybe it was undergrad master's, I can't remember. But so he had, you know, the half-life of being in an acapella group usually is, you know, three or four years yeah. and for a collegiate group. So I'm curious, what have you learned from your time as someone who has been in this group much longer than maybe anyone else ever has? That's that's huge. That's a lot of unpacking. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say I've learned that no year is ever the same. You can never expect it to go the exact same way or like set that expectation. Every year is brand new. It's completely fresh. There's something new that always comes up and it's cool. Mm-hmm. It keeps you on your toes. It's funny talking about seven years, the longest. I'm currently the only member left in the group that has been through those generations so a lot of the members call me like the grandfather in the group right now like i've (laughs) i've actually accepted every single new member into that group Mm -hmm. currently so it's it's really funny to think about it that way and it just it makes me feel old but i'm not (laughs) but you're kind of a you know kind of a harbinger or a not a harbinger but you are like kind of a living legacy in a sense of Mm -hmm. it's all right. What, what's the phrase that uh, Chris used, right? Uh, institutional memory, in yeah. a sense. Oh, yeah. And kind of like you're like an embodiment of that. And that like, y'all, you know, when it's it's not just like, well, I've been in this group for three years. And my first year, we did this. Let's do that again. It's like, well, back yeah. when seven years ago, when I first was in this group, and maybe we had a different president on campus, or maybe the campus was more like this, or we rehearsed here. Like, there's all these different kind of bastions of knowledge that you have access to just by being there for so long mm-hmm. that I think is probably a really great asset to the group in terms of like, okay, well, what was the most successful year? Or what were the things that you felt we've done well in the past? And having that kind of, all of that hindsight Mm -hmm. that I'm guessing has allowed you to provide a lot of guidance to you know the group or if i was in mountain horns or timberman for seven years you know i'm sure there's a lot of things that i could have prepared new members for or written down mm-hmm. so other people understand it and i think it's really cool that uh your members have access to a leader who is has kind of been watching everything yeah and i'm curious to see you know when eventually you graduate and move on i'm curious i always think it's kind of exciting to see okay when a foundation is taking away like where does the group go what mm-hmm. happens when there's a limitation imposed on something and what happens when a group's identity goes beyond its primary members essentially and i yeah. think so it's one really cool that they've had you and two i'm curious what are your hopes for the group once you are gone that's huge my hopes for the group 100 is that the legacy still lives on. Like, I want to be, I don't know, I want to have my kids be like 50 years old and like see Weeby continuing and like go mm-hmm. to one of those crazy reunions and just living that legacy. And I just want to see like new generations arise through that, which will be super cool. And yeah, personally, for like for this year, I made the conscious decision 
to step down as an exec member and establish that new generation and that new foundation in order yeah. to make sure that I'm still here. I'm taking like a back seat. I'm being a member and I'm establishing the new leadership positions and making sure that it does run smoothly and that I'm here for a year to help set those foundations and like make sure that we are on that good path. And Brian, you did something similar, didn't yeah. you? And during your last year? Yeah, I did something very similar to what Philip is describing. That The last year I had been, well, to start things off from the time I first co-founded the group, all the way until the end of my third year. I was president mm-hmm. of the group for those first three years. And then that last year, I, I made a decision. I was like, hey, I know this is my last year. I'm about to graduate after this year. I can't be president yeah. again. Someone else has to step up. And I just stepped aside just so the group could just thrive because I felt mm-hmm. like it needed it. And, it. and I think that you're kind of aware of that as, t- as well. Yeah, for sure. As someone who's been in the group for seven years and just seeing all the different changes the group has undergone, do you feel that, you know, after you leave, the the group is in a good place to continue moving forward? Have you seen a steady transition of power and leadership with the group and I guess just evolution at the end of the day? Do you feel that the group has consistently shown that throughout your time? Currently, because it has been like three weeks with us, we're almost heading into retreat in our like next next weekend which is exciting. I'm seeing good stuff. I'm seeing a lot of very healthy communication between the exec members, which is like one of the greatest things that I learned in my years here is making sure that the exec members as a whole are united and that they do make conscious decisions together and that there is no like, sure there's president, vice president, music director, all of that like hierarchy, but I still want them to be on like an even level playing field and just making sure that Mm -hmm. it's, it's a safe space together. And I am seeing hints of that, which is fantastic. They still have a lot to do, to work, to grow together, but as a whole, I'm excited. I'm ready for them to grow ready for them to succeed and I'm still gonna be there even when I leave I'm gonna like check in on them and like message them and see like what's up yeah I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) are there any last minute bucket list things you want to do with the group in your last year at all yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge bucket Do list. shots of maple syrup. Before yeah, yeah. Shots show. of maple syrup. That's happening <laughs> before every show. That'd be so slow. You know, syrup, <laughs> know. you know, you you can't squeeze it. You're just going to be like, all right, shots, and then just be, you're going to hurt your neck just holding it there. <laughs> we can do it. It can be like an audience interactive session where we're all participating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, set your timers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a goal of mine is to have some sort of keepsake as a memory in terms of the legacy for me. I feel like that's a little selfish, but I want it in terms of like, I hope we put out like a YouTube video or like a Spotify recording or like an EP or something this year. It's always Mm -hmm. been a fear for the group to put out some sort of studio recording because of our We Be Past album, which is like way in the past, has done very well. And there's that like huge expectation of like, I can't wait for Weeby to drop something and all of that. So we're kind of, we're waiting. We're making sure that we're like taking the right precautions and necessary mixing, editing, mastering and all of that. But it's it's a it's a great goal. I'm excited. That's cool. I hope you guys end up doing that because, you know, yeah. I, I think that was a great question, Brian, about like, all right, you, you're nearing the end. What do you what do you want to do before it's all over? And yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people, that's a question that a lot of people ask themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always relevant because there's always somebody graduating yeah. pretty much always. So one final question I have before we take one more break. I only know this because we're friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So naturally, 
that's why I have to do my research about our guests. <laughs> and as much as I know that you love acapella, I also know that you love Beyonce as well. So my question <laughs> I pose is, which is which is greater, your love of acapella or your love for Beyonce? Oh my God, <laughs> Brian, you can't do me like that. Oh no, I, I have to. I have to take advantage of these. Answer moments. the question, Philip. Woo! All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Wow. Um, Wait a second. <laughs> Shoot. It's the first time a guest is cute to break. Wow. Can I like blend the two? Like, oh, actually, you know what's really funny? My first acapella arrangement was an entire Beyonce medley. I was that, oh, that obsessed. Uh, well, that that probably just answered it for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that case. Woo, that's a tough one. That's that's honestly a tough one. I swear, if Beyonce came up to me and was like, do you want concert tickets right now? I would be all over that. So I think... Okay, maybe an easier one. Tickets to a Pentatonix concert ah. or tickets to a Beyonce Ooh. concert? Ah, okay, Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> Sorry, Pentatonix. Okay. I love you. But there it is. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to take one more quick break and then we will be right back here on Tacapella. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to Acaville.org, check out the member benefits, because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And welcome back to Tacapella. Brian and I have had a great time today talking with Philip Torrenueva, right? Yeah. Torrenueva. Mm-hmm. Brian and I have had a great time today talking with Philip Torrenueva all about, uh, a lot about Canada, which is great. Canada is always <laughs> just a good topic to, to just talk about. And then also, you know, well, the difference between Canadian acapella culture and American acapella culture, as well as uh, his group Weeby from York University and the ins and outs of that group and his status as a, like a longtime legacy member. So we've had a bunch of fun just diving into these uh, topics that aren't always, you know, naturally brought up on Tacapella because we don't have the chance to talk with international acapellites as much as as we'd like to sometimes. And it's been really fun to dive into these little kind of corners of the acapella world. So, Philip, as per tradition, we always ask the guest what piece of advice they would like to give to the acapella community. It could be to one uh, faction of it, like directors, or it could be to everybody, people just starting out, or the community as a whole. So, as always, we pose the question to you. If you give one piece of advice, okay. what would it be? One piece of advice for sure would be to find the joy. And that's a huge motto for me going into everything that I do. It's just find the joy in what you do, in what you're here for, and in what you're called to do. Whether that's being a director or being a part of being a member or being here in the group, always remember like the reason why you're here and what you're doing and find joy in that and that'll help you to like continue doing things regardless of like oh you're having a bad day i don't want to go to rehearsal i don't want to arrange this chart like why is this voted in or whatever stepping back giving yourself that second to like breathe and just recollect why you're here find the joy and yeah enjoy your moments nice i like that i love that great quote so, Philip, if, if our guests and our listener wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about yourself, what you're doing, or learn more about Weeby, how can we get in touch or how can we follow you? Um, what's the deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's at Philly Tour, P-H-I-L-L-Y 
T-O-R-R. You can find that on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. All of that good stuff. And like also follow Weeby Acapella, W-I-B-I Acapella. Same stuff. We're all over. We're on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us as well at weeby.acapella at gmail.com. Sweet. Well, Philip, thanks so much for coming on today. It's been a joy to have you and to just kind of dig into these topics that we don't always have the chance to do. Brian, where can people find you, man? You're going to tell them your actual Instagram <laughs> Episode uh, 100. Today? You know what? I'll tell them on episode 100. <laughs> Move over, Deke Sharon. <laughs> as as oh, usual, that, you can yeah, find but... me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And then you can always go follow all the work that I do with College Acapella on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also just want to extend an invitation to all of our international listeners and guests out there. We'd love to have you on the show. Philip was yeah. a great guest, and we've had wonderful international Please. guests in the past. So come on on the show. Yeah. That would be super awesome. And then everyone, you can find me in the same place on Twitter and Instagram at John Lampus. But more importantly, follow Acaville Radio everywhere uh, at Acaville Radio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And make sure to check out Tacapella itself on our Twitter at Tacapella or our website, tacapella.org. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you can get all of these episodes as soon as they are up the day after they air on Acaville. And thanks for tuning in. Philip, thanks again for coming on. We'll be back next week with a new episode. And for everything acapella, please stay tuned.